before we start the podcast, I just need a moment to contemplate what this episode would have sounded like had we won the Asia Cup. Okay, let's start. Thank you for downloading the Bungler Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan Allen and with me is Mohammed Issam, ESPN Crick Info's Bangladesh correspondent and we will be looking at the Asia Cup. Issam Bhai, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I still have not settled with what happened. I am still letting it all kind of sink in and I'll be honest, I can't tell if it was a good Asia Cup or a bad one. Yeah, um, a middling one. Uh, they won three games... The last ones to Afghanistan, and uh, yeah, I think it wasn't the best Asia Cup one could hope for, but um, it's tough to say, actually, whether it was really bad or really good. It's weird, isn't it? Because I'm so positive when it comes to Bangladesh cricket, mainly because everyone is sort of always doubting us in mainstream media, so I find myself being like a devil's advocate and being like excessively positive, and so I feel like I should be really happy we got to the final, but... The nature of some of the performances, the the dip in the middle when we lost back-to-back games in two days, and then also the kind of holes in the team that the Asia Cup kind of exposed leaves me thinking I'm not I I you know I can't be entirely positive. But also it could just be that we're only a few days since the final, and so maybe I'll look back in a few years' time and go, actually it was all right. Were there any standout performances for you? Like if you had to sort of summarise, yeah, there are several I think performances that actually stood out. I thought um, Mushfiq was obviously. Uh, great with his batting, and uh, he, he whenever he kept wickets, he was quite good. And I thought the overall attitude that he showed, especially when the chips were down, when they lost early wickets, uh, twice he got them out of big holes, scored a 100, scored a 99. I thought that was good. I thought Mithun played quite well. Mohamed Mithun, he, I know, scored 250, two scores of 60s, and didn't score at all in the other matches, but I still felt that he, uh, he can we can say that he has finally arrived in international cricket. He has made a lot of debuts in 2014. So it's four years that he's got single chances. Mahmoudullah had one good knock. Um, I think, again, I would be, I would say that I'm very impressed by Mehdi Hassan's performance. I know in the final, Mashafi may have said that he didn't come to the party, but he did a great job with the bat. And in the previous matches, he bowled very well. Mustafi's bowled very well in most matches. Rubel bowled very well in most matches. So in that regard, uh, won three, lost three. I think, and uh, we have about six performers. Um, if you if you count Shakib, um, he b- played with a with a disastrous finger. He did well with the ball. Uh, Tamim went missing because uh, of the injury, and he did something brave as well. So there are more things to be happy about. And the other thing that I would be happy about is the fact that um, maybe showed a bit of consistency with the ball. I thought Mustafi was quite consistent. So I think, yeah, consistency-wise, it was a good, it was a good uh, tournament for Bangladesh. Yeah, I think our bowlers came to the party properly, and for a long time we've sort of accused our bowlers of, of not being able to defend totals that have been put on the, on the scoreboard, but all of them seemed to find their rhythm. But also there was this kind of almost mental strength about the team that I've never seen before, from little things like Tummy walking out to bat with one hand to the way Mashraf was bowling with an injured finger in the in, in the in the basic semi-final against Pakistan. There's a real kind of mental strength about the team, I found, like a real fighting spirit of we are going to do this. And I'd never seen that before because normally it's Bangladesh who are sort of looking slightly down uh, when the games get tough or on the back foot occasionally. But yeah, I don't know. It, there, there was a new sort of sense of purpose about the guys, which I'd never seen before. And it was quite encouraging to see. Um, 
the tournament did sort of open up a few kind of questions for us, I think. Like, I know we've long had a question of who's going to open with Tummy and Mickball, and by him in, being injured, we were almost able to audition two at a time for new openers. Surely Litton Dars now gets a nod after that century in the final. Is that enough for him to become the regular opener, or is there still more question marks in that role? There are certainly more question marks on Litton Das if you are talking about an opener in international cricket. But if you're talking about a Bangladeshi opener, I think he has sealed his place for the World Cup, and that is a big worry. He, he batted beautifully in the final. There's no doubt. He stood up right when it mattered, like he did in the West Indies. Nothing to take away from him. He, uh, in the West Indies, obviously, remember, in the Florida T20, the last one, he scored a fast uh, half-century, and that put Bangladesh in the driving seat. But the problem is, uh, with so much time left for, before the World Cup, now if you make that sort of atmosphere where, well, Leighton is, is a shoe-in. He is a shoe-in, but he shouldn't know that. In our perspective, in Bangladesh's perspective, in Bangladesh's uh, scenario, you can't tell a player that he's a, he's a confirmed player these days. Because we've all seen what happened to Mossadegh, we've all seen what happened to Nasir, Shoha Ghazi, and so many examples, Anamul. Um, just an example, uh, at the start of the year, Anamul was told by Mashafi that no matter what happens, you'll play these five matches in the Tri-Series. We go to the West Indies, Mashafi really um, had a debate with the selectors and the rest of the team management and the board president that Anamul should get on the track at it. He said, I gave him a chance. Okay, he didn't do well. We'll give him another chance. He was given three more chances. He failed. He batted without, uh, like a headless chicken. Um, so I think Litton doing well now is great, but um, keep, him in your, keep him in his toes. Let's keep him on his toes. Let's make sure that he fights for his place. He keeps his place. Yeah, competition for places, I think, is what gives any good like squad depth really isn't it? I think that's lacked with um, Bangladesh especially when Shakib and Tamim were sort of both out of the matches um, but like is there a culture it feels like it needs a batsman to fail before they look at alternatives rather than good performances keeping people on their toes like what does someone like Saka need to do now to to edge back into that position like is it good domestic performances or is he waiting for Litton to maybe fail during the Zimbabwe series what's the kind of culture what's the nature of uh, competition for places in that team the culture isn't great. Um, if you just take a few examples, I told you about what happened with Litton, and now I'm going to tell you about Shomo. Shomo um, doesn't need to worry about his place anymore because he has convinced the team management once again for the uh, fourth time that he's okay for the one-day side. Because he, he was a favourite of Chandika Hathrasinghe's, wasn't he? he was, um... Yeah, he was Hathrasinghe's uh, favourite player by a long shot, by a long margin. And suddenly this year, twice... The chief selector said in press conferences before the uh, Dehradun T20s that uh, Shomu Sarkar is a management pick. He failed there. He went to the West Indies to play two T20s. He failed there. And even before that, this, uh, the chief selector, Minaj Labadin, said he's the team management's choice, pick. Now, um, you, can, you can always criticize it, but you have to also understand the, un, the sort of mentality that the team management have. They think that he's a ready player because he's trained so much with the national team over the last three years. They think he's one step ahead of guys like Shari and Nafis, Mizanur Rahman, maybe even Abdul Majid. The guy's doing well in the domestic circuit. Yeah. So they think that he's ahead of them, even ahead of Imrul Kayas, even ahead of... Sometimes they think he's ahead of Litton Dash. I don't agree with that. But the problem is, uh, when you give him that, um, that free pass, um, you're telling the rest of the, the players that they don't matter. That is one big problem. That where. That's where the culture goes bad. And um, even for Shomu, you're telling him that, okay, in the Asia Cup final, you batted at number seven, you bowled a few overs, you took 
you know, you took a good catch or you fielded well, that's enough. That you warrant the place. That sends him a really wrong message. And since 2016, I'll just round it off here. Since 2016, he's been getting these wrong messages so much. He hasn't worked on his problem outside the off stump. He has severe, even against medium pace. It was it was a high pace that, that troubled him at first. But now, even guys like Aftab Alam and these medium pacers, they have been troubling him. He's not the player of old. And he's tried to just score a 50 and stay in the team. He didn't do well in the A-team. He doesn't do well in domestic cricket, not till today. Um, I think that's where, by, I'm not going to say that they are biased, but when they um, think that one player is deserves more than the others, um, you, you ruin the culture. And, and in Bangladesh, the selection culture is, is getting worse. It's just getting worse. I think a lot of people will agree with you, actually, like especially when you're flying in a couple of extra players midway through the tournament, <laughs> midway through a match. Like it kind of, it, it's another one of those sort of moves that you kind of go, what's what's going on? Who's making these decisions? And like, like who's signing these things off? That I think it's an interesting one to watch with him because he needs to, he will he'll have to I think to stay in the World Cup squad, he'll need to justify his place in the team, especially if the other people around him are performing. And I know what you mean. Sometimes it is that 150 during a series and it's like, oh, he's going to have to stay in because, but we, we tend to do that a lot with the Bangladesh players. Like you look at someone like Mohamed Ashraful, who we'll speak about in a moment. Like we sort of remember him as this brilliant player because of six or seven good innings. But in reality, there were multiple failures amongst that time of his career as well. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's an interesting one. Who Who will open during the Zimbabwe series that's coming up at the end of the month? Well, um, Litton and Mehdi did well in the final, so maybe them. Um, obviously, Mehdi is not the long-term solution, but the other options are the obvious ones. It's uh, either Imul Kais, Shomu Sharkar, or Nazbul Hussain Shanto. I think Nazbul Hussain Shanto is still a good pick. He, he should be given another, say, one-day series or another. He should be given a test series as well, I feel. But um, there's a lot of short-termism in Bangladesh cricket, and uh, there are a few openers who are doing well in domestic cricket. There's a guy called Mizanur Rahman, who scored some runs in the in the NCL that's going on that just started on the first, so he might be in the picture. I think um, that will not be a mistake, obviously, because if you reward a guy like him or some of the other openers who are doing well, that's that's a good good message you're sending. But, but it, sh- it shows faith in the domestic system, doesn't it? Yeah, which is what you but want. But I think that'll be that'll be just to give punish Nazbul Hussain Shanto for not doing. But <laughs> from what I've heard, uh, the selectors like him, Nazbul Hussain Shanto, and I think. Uh, it's a podcast, I can actually say this. I think he plays for Abohani, so I don't think he needs to worry too much. So the board is run by Abohani. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, it's hard to... I felt sorry for him because I'd say relatively new to the team and then when you sort of fail on a big stage, like the Asia Cup, everyone's watching. There's, it's a difference between playing in a big tournament and playing in a kind of quiet series against Zimbabwe. When you fail in those big tournaments, the failure can almost... Sort of way heavier, so I do want to see him get another chance. I think, and I do want to see him get another shot. Um, but it just, yeah, I think I think persisting with him in the in the Asia Cup felt risky, especially when he wasn't delivering with the bats. Um, so that that's the opener, and then with Shaki missing now, who do Bangladesh turn to? Is there like an all rounder who can fill the gap, or do they just turn to like an extra spinner to sort of take advantage of of the sort of bowling conditions? Who who comes in instead of Shaki or Hassan? I think uh, with this home series, this being the home series, they will obviously go to a batsman, uh, someone like Imrul Kais in the top order, because he Shaki batted at number three uh, before he he was uh, he didn't play. Yeah, so I think Imrul Kais is a, is an option. Momunul could have been an option, but he didn't do 
he didn't do too well in the Asia Cup at all. Uh, he scored a duck in the first innings in the NCL, so that's that's going to put him a little behind everyone. Um, they have Norman Mithun, but I think he'll still at batter number five. Number four and six will be taken by these two batsmen, uh, Mushfiq and Mahmudullah. Number seven might go to Ariful. He's just scored a double hundred, so they, they think like that. They think on their feet. These are very, you know, lifetime, you know, these are very um, real-time selectors. <laughs> it's very reactive, isn't it? Yeah, it's very kind of current and reactive. Yeah, there, there are options. There is Afif, Afif Hussain. He's an all-rounder. Obviously, miles away from Shakib al but he might be tried. But what they usually do is say they, they pick a very experienced batsman, a relatively experienced batsman in the top order, and they pick a spinner uh, down. So they might they might actually go for uh, Miraj and Abdul Razak might be an option. There's obviously Nazbul Islam Opu who might be an option. So yeah, so two spinners and then another. So obviously Shakib takes up, you know, he he. He's he's two players in one, isn't he? Basically, yeah. That's yeah. That's one area. That's one area. I think it's not going to be that difficult to choose. But when you choose someone, whoever you choose, it's not going to be an all-rounder. I think they might try. They might pretend, but it's not going to work out. You think it'll be two? And then like I, I feel like Mithun now is. It's gonna make it very hard for Sabir Rahman to ever look back into the team. Well, not ever, but like when he comes back. I mean, he wouldn't obviously in the Zimbabwe series can still ban, but I think Mithun looks like a solid middle order batsman. Um, the other sort of question, like, there's a couple of things people are wondering. Um, obviously, a lot of people are talking about Mohammed Ashrafal, and it's hard to tell whether it's a nostalgic comeback that people are after, or whether there is genuine reasonable merit for him to be back in the team. I, I remember I spoke to him about a month ago when his ban ended, and he obviously is very passionate and very keen to sort of come back into the international setup. But obviously at the age of 34, wouldn't be a long-term option. Um, is there any kind of merit or any realistic chance of that happening, or is there any kind of real actual claim of someone like Mohamed Ashraful making it back into the team? I think Ashraful... Um, has a claim because he scored five uh, centuries just last season in the Dhaka Premier League list day competition, which is quite a unique achievement. Although there's a lot of doubt about what uh, his team did. Uh, his team, Kalabagan, got demoted and lost four of those five matches. But um, the problem would be um, because Ashraful doesn't have a body of runs that Shari and Nafis or Tushar Imran has, um, he will be slightly behind in the pecking order. Even he scored a 50 uh, in the National League, but there are other batsmen who have scored more runs. And there are a lot of other batsmen. So, I think uh, it'll be tough for him to break into this team. Obviously, the social media, there's a divide. Uh, people want him, some people don't want him. I think uh, if the BCB are going to make a popular decision, this might backfire because um, from what I've heard within the team, some people will not be happy with him uh, from what I've heard. It'll be it's set quite a precedent to bring someone in based on like nostalgia rather than pure form, and also he he wouldn't be a long term option. You know he'd be a bit like bringing Abdul Razak back into the team, a kind of short term panic button fill the gap. I think, if I'm honest. Yeah, look, Abdul Razak uh, still not a is bringing in bucket loads of wickets. He bowled well against Sri Lanka. You you it's almost but but there is precedence of. Uh, of public in Bangladesh calling for a nostalgia pick. It, it was Alok Kapali for a long time. Yeah, People true. don't really follow domestic cricket. Yeah, yeah. domestic cricket is not really followed. And um, if some parts of the media, they support one, one side of the story, it, it, it becomes a big narrative. So I think that narrative is in place. Ashraful should be one of those considered, but I think it's still early. I think maybe after Zimbabwe and... Um, 
maybe after West Indies, it'll be quite clear whether he'll ever make a comeback. One one more thing, you mentioned Sabir Rahman. I think still Mithun won't be able to you know topple him because Sabir has a lot of support in the team. I think what will really um, will will make sure that he will will give him a lot of competition is Ariful. If Ariful scores a bit of runs down the order, if he's picked against Zimbabwe or West Indies, if he scores some runs, I think that will be that will keep Sabir out of the team, which a lot of people don't want in the team. So I think maybe uh, there's still uh, some space left for him. Yeah, no, I agree. He's a, he's a player you want in the team. He's a good, talented player. Um, but I think, like we were talking about the openers, competition for places is, is, is healthy and it's good. And I think what you want to avoid with Bangladesh, which I think potentially does set in occasionally, is complacency or expecting to be Bangladesh is number seven. So I don't think anyone should, any of the players should have, ever have that in their head that they are a set in stone kind of in the in the batting order. So I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether where he fits in because I think you you you, you don't drop an informed player as much as you like the player that's coming back into the team. So I'd be fascinated to see what happens in well four or five months when he comes back. Um, who is going to captain the team? Is it Marmadullah wearing the armband? So Mashafil is still an injury risk. Um... His deputy is Shakib in the one-day side. So Shakib is also missing. Shakib totally misses out on, on the entire home. On the entire series, yeah. Yeah, both series. Um, Tamim is not going to be around until... I think Tamim might be back for the West Indies Test matches, which starts the West Indies tour. So I, I, I feel Shakib might be replaced by Mahmoudullah as the test captain. And if Mashafi is not fit, um, I think he's fit. But if, if the selectors want to have a look, I think it, they might just go back to Mushfiq. Might be. Because he's got captain's experience, and they look for an experienced guy. Look, there, there aren't anyone who's going to risk their life in captaining this Bangladesh side at the moment. <laughs> Not going to be easy. No, I agree. It's, it, it'll be a big moment for Marmadullah to be captain in the test team, and also with him being there as vice captain. I think it almost they risk undermining him if they give it to someone else, don't they? In a weird way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and they won't. I think in the test series he'll be leading. He led in against Sri Lanka, as far as I can remember. Yeah, he, he led in Sri Lanka. It, it wasn't good. It wasn't. He didn't do a great job of it. Um, he didn't do a great job of it. But I think he will grow. He obviously has a lot of experience, and I think a little more open-mindedness might help him. What are your predictions for the Zimbabwe series? Surely this will be a walk in the park. Like Zimbabwe aren't the kind of formidable rival they used to be in the early noughties, are they? I feel like they they've been swept aside by Pakistan recently. They are getting beaten by South Africa. Surely this is a a walk in the park for Bangladesh. I mean nothing ever is, but it's not it's not a formidable series we should be fearing, surely. Surely, surely, Roshan. Absolutely, but I'm sorry <laughs> uh, Bangladesh cricket team hasn't reached that place where they can take an opponent lightly. They don't. And whenever they have they have really not done well. What hap- what will happen is we'll definitely take it very seriously at the start. They'll have to take it very seriously because whatever happens, Zimbabwe with Sikandar Raza back, uh, it'll be a very They'll be a good opponent. I think with Brendan Taylor is there. It will not be a walk in the park, or it will, it will test Bangladesh in certain areas. Playing pace bowling, I think uh, Zimbabwe has this uh, habit of putting together big partnerships. Hamilton Masakadze is a good player. They have got some good players, so it won't be a walk in the park. But Zimbabwe also has a problem of uh, um, letting it go after the first few matches. If they lose early, badly, they might they might not really turn up at all. So. I feel that um, they have more to play for than Bangladesh, obviously. And if the Bangladesh dressing room is complacent, um, you might see a surprising result or two. 
No, that's fair. I, I'm hoping that it's an opportunity for us to sort of maybe experiment and fill some of the gaps in our team and kind of answer some of the questions that, you know, were, were uncovered during the Asia Cup, fingers crossed. But that's just me. Isambai, thank you so much for your time. It's always such a pleasure talking to you. Your, your insight and knowledge of, of the Bangladesh game is, is second to none. And it's incredible. Always fun to chat to you. Thanks, mate. Uh, it's not that good. There are other people who are better than me. <laughs> always <laughs> modest. Always <laughs> modest. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Bangladesh Cricket Podcast. I'll see you for the next one very soon.